and welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Uh, to it's been a little bit. What? It's been a little bit. It's been way too long, actually. Yeah, it's way too long. Yeah. Are, I we, mean, are we feeling okay? Uh, life, I think, just got in the way. Yes, it does. But it's funny how that works. No, I wouldn't necessarily say funny, tragic, maybe. Yeah, well. Pain in the butt, What all those kind of things. It's life just... But the fact that you can podcast while you have family in town, it's amazing. That is true. With the mother-in-law, send them all off to bingo. and Bingo's a big thing up here in Alaska. Yeah, is it not in lower 48? Well, at least not in the Pacific Northwest, where I came from. Like, I mean, what? I can't think of it in, in the Midwest, really. Like, it, It's not something that I really remember, mm-hmm. but I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, because we have the casinos, you know, the, the, the native yeah, casinos yep, and whatnot. Yep, yep. And so, you know, I lived in Vegas for a while, and then obviously being in, the, in around the well, Portland area, the Seattle area. I just don't remember it. Yeah. yeah, I can't say for any kind of certainty that I remember seeing bingo halls. Yeah. Like, bingo, I feel like, was kind of one of those... Churches occasionally did, like, Yeah, bingo, but... like, oh, the church bingo night, yeah. or the Lions gambling. Club. We're not gambling, or... but we're gambling, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to bingo for Jesus. Yeah, hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Right? But yeah, up here, there are bingo halls all over the place. And pull taps. That was a whole thing that like, I did not... That is a recent thing. Oh, when, really? I, when I was growing up up here... There were no pull tabs. Oh, you see, didn't see pull tab. That was spots. really weird to me. But of course, again, we also have the casinos. It's yeah. able to go to the native casinos and yep. you know, do their thing. And yeah, anyways. I want to say that was like t- fifteen years ago, ten years ago, something like that, where they they found some sort of loophole or something oh, for they did. pull tabs or whatever. So, anyways, so what you drinking tonight? You, you <laughs> I am drinking. You want to say this all the night? Schlafenhofer Heffenweizen grapefruit. Yeah, I picked those up at a brown jug. The one over there in Tottenham Commons, as a matter of fact. Oh, the little new one? The, yeah, the one that's you know like right across from the Target and the Best yeah. Buy and all that. Yep. I don't remember what Heather and I were doing in there. I was like going, well, that just sounds really... Let's try that. And so I picked up a four-pack, and that's the last one. I can't say that it's bad. But it's not great either. It's a grapefruit beer. It's yeah. like a sweetened grapefruit. It's almost like drinking... I don't even know how to describe it. Close as I get the chick beer right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking a Stone uh, Runnin' Nation Double IPA 2.0 Sans Filtre. So I go through phases. I have this like, okay, what am I in the mood for? Sure. All that kind of stuff. I have not been in an IPA mood lately. Well, it is a, what's the word I want to look for? It's, uh, you definitely have to be in the mood for it. Yeah, for sure. You get a little, uh, Malfunction going on there? Yeah, well, you know, I got a tongue it occasionally, you know. <laughs> get this stuff too close, and all of a sudden you get a little slobber in your mic. It looks a little funny to you. Um, <laughs> speaking of beer and local beers, uh, Alaskan is now reduced to bud in my house. Oh, my, okay, so we got to go. Yeah, I so know. there's an epidemic that is sweeping this country. That is white now Claw Nation? Has made it to Alaska of the White Claw Nation. Oh, that it is even infecting our brave, brave fighting men who go out there and put their lives on the line for us. And this has worked its way into the Army. I said the dude jumps out of a plane for a living. I mean, that's what he I mean, does. I mean, there's some, there's some cojones that go along with that. So, yeah, these guys, they jump out of the planes, but yet they're drinking these. I even thought about dip netting, man. What? Yeah, yeah. Did I tell you about that? No. So here we are, dip netting, right? <sighs> Up to our chest and waders and goodness and whatnot, and this guy breaks out a beer. At least I thought it was a beer. Like, it's kind of a poor choice in beers. Like, I think it was a Coors. Nah, it was a White Claw. But he got a fish. Like, he cracked it open. You can't not get a fish. Well, right, but it was kind of humorous to watch him. But I don't want to drop my White Claw. Ed, as he's one hand on the White Claw, one hand on the... Yeah. Did he call it a White Claw? He did. I know. Anyway, so this White the, Claw the, thing. The, the face of disgust is like... Oh, it's hanging loom in this, in this room oh right now. Oh, my gosh. I... I, I don't even know. What I feel to like do you about need to drink that. another beer just to uh, make up for the fact. You, you might need to go deeper, darker, and like manlier beer just to. I make do up have for a it. really good homebrew stout out there. Mm. I might have to have one after this. Just this, even the conversation is depressing me right yeah. now. So, us Alaskans like to pride ourselves on our breweries. There are quite Who a doesn't? few. Well. Even like our our spirits, like we yeah, have oh yeah. an Alaskan distillery that will go fly to a glacier and grab an ice chunk, and bring mm. this back and distill whatever out of it, like stuff like that. Like yeah, we do yeah. all kinds of crazy things. We're Alaskans, yeah, that kind of crap. And 
all this amazing beer and just and the flagship the initial group that kicked this off the Alaskan distiller or the Alaskan brewery right the brewery the brewery which made us brought us classics like Alaskan amber and Alaskan white all these great beers right has now started making seltzer water hard seltzer water yeah i didn't believe it um you sent me a text right and so i was like at work am i going i first thing i said was fake news so it yeah, seems to be right? like the big thing you know and then i checked on their website and i was like no nah, um dude that's legit legitimately making well i think i got it off their instagram oh okay that's where i got that off of Oh. That was not no joke at all in that. That was legit. They're yeah, now were, making. Uh, I thought you were busting my chops. Well, there's a strong chance that I would do that. Right. But <laughs> at this particular point in time, the epidemic has now infiltrated itself into our breweries. Right. So that well, it's a brewery, not all of our breweries. Let's, well, let's clarify. Yeah, but Matt Nusko will be next. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like it's spreading. We're gonna have to figure out a way to cut this out. Yeah, like, I know. I, I feel like a piece of me has died. Like, so, again, officially, in my mind, Alaskan Brewery, and, and I love them dearly because they are an Alaskan brand. They, yeah. they've, I've drank their beers for years. They're great beers. However, it's now like a Budweiser to me. Like Just a plain and simple. No, it's a Bud. It's a cooking beer. Yeah. I'm going to say it. It's cooking beer. Yeah. That's a, you do seltzer water. Anyways. I don't even know. It's not even. Seltzer water isn't even cooking beer. It's a, well, at least you can cook with cider. Yeah, what are you going to cook with seltzer? Your liver? Not even. It's only 4%. <laughs> As I'm drinking a 8.5. Right? <laughs> it's just, it's nothing. Oh, Anyways, goodness. We digress very quickly. So we went to the range the other day. Yeah. I had to pay my money to those guys. Well. It's money well spent. Don't it get is me money well spent because the other option is... Yeah, there's a lot of places in Alaska you could well, wilderness and openness. And I go out and shoot out there, but it's amazing how you drive up a little road. Let's take a Zero Lake Road, right? Where it, you know, for the longest time, it's you know, I don't, it's just, you know, it's outside of Willow. It's it's, uh, it's a little drive. Houston, sorry. I mean, it's it's Whatever. 45 minutes from here. I mean, it's a ways out, and you go up this little teeny gravel road. Out feels like in the middle of nowhere. And here, all of a sudden, is a shot-up car, TVs blasting yeah, out, cans. Yeah, and, just, and I get it gives every shooter and hunter a bad rep just looking at it. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, I like, you know, I mean, I used to be able to go out and just shoot wherever I wanted to in the Pacific Northwest because I was close. I lived out in the country already. Uh-huh. And it was one thing when you drove around the corner, so to speak. So if you lived out in Houston, Willow, you know, driving 10 minutes out of your way to go shoot, not a big deal. But for us, that's a 45-minute to an hour ordeal. And then on top of that, to get to where the place where you can really shoot, come in the middle of winter, um, you got to have a snow machine to get out there. Yeah, but you know even, what I'm even just the fact that at a certain point, certain times of the year, everyone can get there, and mm-hmm. it just turns into a trash heap. Right. So, so if you're going to find a place, oh, I'm just going to go out in the woods and shoot, man, It eventually mm-hmm. people are going to realize you're out there doing it, mm-hmm. and eventually people are going to turn it into just a mess, right. well, which the, is... It's sad, sad fact. It just breaks my heart. Yeah, it, th- there is that, but it's um, so going to the range and, and then just gas savings alone, it will save its time, you know, money. Because I mean, if I say okay, I have to have a two hours just to get there and back. Yeah. Plus shoot. Yeah, I'm not even talking about that straight. Like you know, being able to to, to right. go to someplace close. Yeah, you're paying them money. Which reminds me, I'm gonna have to re up mine here pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, but two hundred dollars for a year for your family. So yeah. it's You, your wife. Um, your kids, if you yep. got any, which is really cool because we could take our kids. So like that one day when I signed up, yep. my two kids were with me. So it was $75 because it's $25 a day without a membership. So mm-hmm. that's $75. That's half my membership practically right there on yeah. one shot. One day. So I mean, it's, it's very reasonable. It's not like they're trying to, you know, and they're, they're trying to kill the a lot into the range, man. I mean, they got yeah. bathrooms there. They got no, you know, heated, covered areas to shoot for the wintertime. There's a lot of great things that are going there. We did a whole shooting event. Men shooting church. event out there, mm-hmm. so um, and the range safety officers are actually very reasonable. They explain why some people would, you know, there's always that one guy, there's always one range Nazi, so to speak. But you know, they're really just trying to keep you mm-hmm. safe. Yeah, for sure. And the advantage too is that at a range like that is that they do carry insurance, and so because of that insurance, they're required to do certain yeah. things. Yeah, and because we're all paying, it kind of keeps everybody a little bit more above board than say out in the hills. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that will disagree with. Well, they're you know. I can't do this, this, or the other, and they're too, you know. Well, have you ever gone out there? I mean, if you ever go out there after hours, because that's one of the benefits of 
paying into the right. range is man i went out there one day with uh who's i out with i don't know jesse uh, dumpier that's who that, I was. I was yeah there. no you weren't <laughs> it was me and uh, jesse dumpier it was not too long after the shooting mm-hmm. shooting event the the men's shoot and uh I just took the kids out there to just, you know, plink around a little bit. And, uh, you know, the range officer is like, yeah, pick any of the ranges. And now was, I think it was a Monday. So ranges close Monday, except if you're a, a, a member. member, then you can go in right. and you have access to it, which is fantastic. So we're out there and he's like, well, you can pick any of these ranges. Here's this is open. This guy's doing this over here. And he pointed to one of them. He's like, there's one person on there, but they're doing close range stuff. So they're all the way down towards the embankment. And he's like, if you want to shoot there, just go tell them to move. You know, I'm like, no, I'm not going to go do that. Right, exactly. You know? but, but that's the kind of mentality it is out there, especially with these people that are all members. They have that same kind of, hey, you want to go out and take a range and do some stuff on it? Go for it. I'll go use another range. Right, exactly. until they're all start to get full. And then, you know, but it's just, but it's but there's yeah. a lot of common courtesy out there, which is yeah. very nice. Um, I do like that it's, um, it's just, it's very reasonable in all the way they approach things. Yep. They're not trying to be D-bags about anything or mm-hmm. anything like that. They're just being really just generally like, like when you think about like, how would you run a business, you know what I mean, for people, you know, that you know, it's just generally just to do the right thing, so to speak. They generally just do the right thing. And it's yeah. and most of the people that are there yeah. just generally do the right thing. Yeah, shot. Now, I will say the, the biggest reason I have that membership is so I can go either after hours mm. or on their closed days because I have gone down there. And uh, me and a buddy were set up. We're shooting 100 yards. Um. I don't remember if we were trying to sight, start sighting something in or what we were doing, but all of a sudden this dude shows up, two guys, and they've got the big, <coughs> lifted, knobby wheels, like, and not just like, oh, that's a nice little lift kit on there. That thing looks classy. It's like compensation size vehicle. Like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you got little feet, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and they pull out, they get out. Jump to the back of the truck and on go the tactical vests. Oh boy. And they're throwing the, the mags in the tactical vests and they pull out all the the uh, pelican cases and lay everything out and they're talking the talk, walking the walk, and pull out their arrows with their bump stocks and they proceed to spray brass all down the range. Yeah. Like all over me and my buddy. Not even like, oh, sorry dude. It was more of a look what I can do. Right. Like Jeez, dude, and mm. me, my bud, and the other guy who was on the range all packed up and left. Yeah, I mean, it's just like there's always going to be one douche in every yeah group. I mean, but overall, the the thing I do enjoy about the range is that it does keep it to a to a, at least a dull roar. I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, I mean, you you can always kind of come up with a bad experience at anything. Oh, for sure. Um, but, but having the ability to be like, I'm going to go in there when all the yahoos aren't. Mm-hmm. Well, and the nice thing is too is that. It also allows you just to go down there. Like, if I wanted to go out on a, say, a random Saturday, I want to develop a load for my pistol or for my rifle. Mm-hmm. I want to run out and do it real quick. I just walk in and do it. I just check in with the range master and just say, I'm here. Uh, off days, you don't even have to do that. No, no, now they now they require to get the wristband. You have to go to the clubhouse every time now. Even during the, the mm-hmm. close? Mm-hmm. After hours? Mm-hmm. Really? Because there's always somebody in the... In the office. In now. the office, there. It's just and essentially it's just signing in again. I'm okay your, with it, totally. Yeah. But yeah, you just have to get that little tag. Yeah. No, though we have those wristbands, they yep. give you either pink or blue, depending upon if you're a member or not. Yeah. So, it's not a big deal. We'll get our two hundred bucks out of it. I'm not oh, worried. I've I've more than got my two hundred bucks out of it. But yeah, it was but it was a lot of fun. Took the kids out, did some shooting, and um, my kids haven't shot a ton just because my son really hates loud sounds. You know, I think my daughter, she is a crack shot with her twenty two. Mm-hmm. Man. She was drilling oh, she was. half clay pigeons at 50 yards right. with, open. you know, open peep sight. Like, the girl can shoot. She doesn't like the percussion is what it is. Well, Zane doesn't like the loud noise. I mean, strip. He never has. Yeah. Faith. Mm, I, she's been interested, but not really. I yeah. think part of it is, is just, you know, being around it and having another girl. Even if I, if I sit there and go, I got to do it. You, know, you got to do it, honey. Get out there and try it. Just there's something different when, it, when there's another girl there. So. Yeah. Ella's going to be a great influence on, on Little Faith. For but, sure. But the other thing that I really enjoyed is that guy had that can down. You know, he was shooting his AR, and he had that can on there. Oh, Which man. was just so nice, because, you know, you had that little can on there, and it just was, it wasn't like it was terrible. You know what I mean? It was, no. just, it was just very nice. The kids didn't hardly even notice it. They had yep. a lot of fun. My kids were talking about it for days afterwards. Really? Yeah. I don't think Ella even noticed. 
Oh no 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 not, not the can but just the, the shooting. Oh the thing. shooting. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. It was a lot of fun, but um. No, it was good. And you know it was they good got to get to... out. I mean, even if we can't go, I mean, right now, I mean, deer is open, ducks are still open. Yeah, but deer is. Well, I'm just saying what's open. I'm not saying okay. if I can get there or not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right now, I mean, I'm putting the boat up for the winter so I can right. fix it. Um. I was about to put the tarp on, then I got that alert from the uh, Muni that said, oh, by the way, we're going to have a wind event. I'm like, one, well, I'm not going to throw the tarp on for 24 more hours. To just lose to, a tarp. Just to lose a tarp for... Yeah, yeah I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, everything's pretty much shut down. You got ducks, but even ducks, things are starting to freeze up. Ducks are starting to move. And the ducks have been really off this year, so... Dude, well, I think, I really do think it's because if you look at where our flyway is, mm-hmm. those ducks are coming from either far east of Russia through Delta... The right, yeah. Yukon Cuscombe Delta, the Bethel area, mm-hmm. or they're in the Bethel area, mm-hmm. and they're coming right across <coughs> over us, and then down that right that that uh, western mm-hmm. flyway flyway. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been that cold in Bethel. No, it hasn't. Like it hasn't really done anything out there to well, push those ducks it was south. Fifty the other day here. Yeah, I mean it's yep. not like it's been flipping, no. you know, cold. I mean, it felt like moose season out there today. Yeah. I mean, you know, mid-40s in a rain, a little drizzle. Right. That felt like moose season to me, not like... Almost ready to snow. Yeah, not like... Well, the, the average in the average um, snowfall in Alaska is October 16th. For Anchorage or for Alaska? For for Anchorage. Mm. And so we're, we're after that. So We're after that. So we're not getting that standard, typical freezing like we would normally do to start the migration of those ducks. Right. So they're not moving. Which can play into us or against us. So that's the kicker. It's like if all of a sudden that that Yukon Cuscombe Delta freezes right. and we freeze all at that same time, they're gonna pass right over us. Right, because they're actually I saw a thing on I forget where I saw it. Maybe it was Facebook and one of those you know duck groups I'm a part yeah, of where yeah, yeah. Um, where they did a they did like a migratory like path of a bird and he covered from somewhere in the like the Cots area. Yeah. So it's that kind of a little bit so, more nor- northern flyway, yeah, and down those, to the Midwest, like, yeah, and in three days, yeah. I mean, so it's it, for them to go from Bethel down to the you know Portland area, for example, doesn't take long. Doesn't take long. So and, they just book it and go. Mm-hmm. So what you see is, especially if you have a time like that where it's okay, it's now I would be curious if that is like was it three actual days or it took them three days of travel time? I don't remember because I feel like what they tend to do is they're going to go okay where they're at is fine there's food it's warm enough there's mm-hmm. water they're going to stay there as long as they can and then once one of those things runs out they move right sure something's right? going to push them right so it starts to push them so they come to the next spot which is this area they fly over the right. alaska range and they're coming right into the susitna flats they're coming into the matanuska flats flats duck lake those areas and they find open water and food and everything's good <laughs> And they wait till things start to freeze up again, and then they take the next jump, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Remember, if it was three days. Either way, even if it's just three days, if it's you know three days total, or if it's three days of actual fly time, yeah, it's still incredibly fast. No, absolutely. Um, But yeah, normally you have about a weekend, about a week up here of just all here's a migration, and there it is, and they're just like Donkey Kong. Do you'll just see just see 10 packs flying 20 packs flying yep. you'll see these giant v's flying over of geese and when cranes when i told you the other day for it up so we were, was it i think it was the shooting day as a matter of fact when i got was home, it yeah so i got out of the truck here at the house yeah and flying i looked up and i went wait a minute i'm hearing ducks geese or crane oh they sounded like ducks because the picture you sent sure looked like geese it may have been geese but i heard i swear i heard ducks. yeah but anyways Neither here nor there. Still zoomed we gotta, in. We're to get you a little better on your uh, yeah your waterfowl <laughs> recognition <laughs> here, brother. Well, it's no. flying. It's legal. <laughs> I'll figure out what it is when it drops. <laughs> Walk up and tag it. Uh, Bag it and tag it. <laughs> uh, it's not great when, you get your, uh, when you're figuring out what waterfowl you shot by the size of the splash in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not the world's greatest waterfowler, in case you hadn't guessed. Because I've done it well, so much. We'll get you there. We'll yeah. get you there. I still really want to go down to uh, Ski Lack. Yeah. I really think that's a great, just especially this year, man, with it being so warm and so just different. 
Yeah, you I never think, know. It could work out. It might be a total bust, but you got to try. Right? Yeah, it's all about the try. Yeah, yeah that's that's 90% of this, right? Yep. Because if it was about like like the killing and things like that, I could sneak up on a lot more food at Fred Meyer or Walmart or Three Bears. I wouldn't do Walmart right now. Oh, yeah, not after that pork. That's topic. <laughs> Man, we're way off track. You realize this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, All right, so sighting in. I was thinking about that. Okay, because of the day at the range. Makes day at the range. Yep. And you were, how was your, did you get that thing dialed in yet? No, I mean, literally, I threw that. So I have a 1022. Yep. The, so, the magnificent Ruger 1022. You know, it's, I, it's a Ford F-150, dude. Is there anybody, any, you know, red-blooded American man who didn't grow up with 1022? Actually, I never did until I was an adult. I had a pump. 22 my grandfather had all right it's like marlin shot uh, i don't even know we shot the barrel out of it i know that all right i'll give you that one and then dad had a little uh savage which was a pile of bolts there was a little tin piece that always went bad on i think it was just the 22 model i'm not speaking about their high power rifles but i know it soured my dad on on savage rifles but anyways no it doesn't sound right yeah (laughs) um but he uh but anyways uh yeah so we never had a 1022 until i mean i bought mine in college i remember getting that my 1022 it was christmas and i was what six? Oh wow i was yeah. somewhere right in there and uh like it was one of those years where like i never i wasn't getting what i wanted right like you're you interrupt a present you're like oh yay i got <coughs> socks and underwear or oh that's cool i got yeah right phil you know enter dumb toy here right and uh like that old TV commercial, I wanted a truck. I wanted a truck. And he kept on getting everything that rhymed with truck, like ducks and bucks. As long and as he didn't get. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was, a, it was a commercial on TV. <laughs> no, it was kind of hilarious. So, yeah, I was just, it was one of those years where I was just, I wasn't happy. I was just, oh, my brother seemed to always get something cooler. Right. Just, oh, oh, yeah. Just pissed, right? Especially because it was my younger brother, and you, you can't be showing up by your younger brother. No. Right? So finally, my dad's like, where everything's done, all the presents are open. My dad goes, look in the tree. Like, stomp over there as a you know, pissed off six or seven year old. <laughs> look at the tree. There's nothing there. Why? Look in the tree. Look around the tree a little bit, and you know, do the same thing. And sure. Look at the middle of the tree, and I look in there, and he had taken the twenty-two and like wedged it between the branches, oh, nice. right along the, the trunk, trunk of the tree. Nice. And. Yep, yep, that, that redeemed the Christmas. Yeah, so we, you know, because I grew up in town when I was young, about that same age. Yeah. And so we couldn't, um, 22s just by the time you drove all the way out and things it's like that. It's not worth it. Not really worth it. My dad was into bow hunting at the time. So, I mean, I can tell you about my first elk that I ever saw. I mean, I, I was no older than Zane. Thing I thought was an elephant. I'm just saying, like in my mind's eye, like I oh, still see. a kid that size. Yeah, I mean, first time you ever see anything that big, we're sitting in a little 82 Toyota pickup. You know, the passenger seat next yeah. to your dad and this huge thing. And it's like, you want to kill that <laughs> with that stick? Are you nuts? Anyways, yeah. And now here I am doing it. But <laughs> right? <laughs> well, but anyways, um, yeah, no, we had a... So dad actually set up with a BB gun. He figured out that if you did one pump out of a BB gun... Yeah. And he, he, he made the own, his own trap for yep. us. You know, little sand and, you know, the tin and all that. Like, he made it in the garage. We could shoot in town, and it would never do any damage. The BB? With the BB. Uh, I would, Ella was, ah, man, her first gun, my daughter's first gun, mm-hmm. was she was three or four, and it was a BB gun. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, you know, and we are living in Anchorage, and, you know, yeah, the Anchorage. vast metropolitan of Anchorage, you know. Los Anchorage, as, Los everybody, Anchorage, as yeah. everybody in Alaska likes to call it outside of here, which they, they've never been to. Los Angeles, I swear to God. Yeah, no. They've, yeah. yeah. This is a whole other podcast. <laughs> but uh, I did essentially the same thing with a Rubbermaid tin. Mm-hmm. A Rubbermaid, not tin, but a Rubbermaid uh, tote. Yeah. And cut the top off the lid and just shoved it full of carpet and cardboard. Yeah. And we'd shoot down the house. I'd like get everything lined up for her. And she's kind of sitting there in my arms and she can't hold the thing because it's huge. Right, for her. And right, just at that one time. pump it and I just put the little laser dot right down there and pull the trigger and. Yeah, this was back in the day when it was just open sights. But we uh, we had to wear. I remember Dad made us wear glasses. That was his only thing. We had to wear glasses because the ricochet. Should we miss? Because it would bounce all over the place, and occasionally we did. And you'd hear it go ting, boom, 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 boom. All you get is a little <laughs> BB bouncing around. And it was it was good times. I remember that. Uh, we we shot the tar out of that thing. For I mean, I mean, I spent every right. night out there. 
Have you ever had a don't tell your dad mishap with a BB gun? With the BB gun. Not with the BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this just got good. <laughs> All right. You don't want to say, do no. you? <laughs> dad might listen to this. <clears throat> Discretion is the better part of it. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, I don't I was... I must have been junior high and, you know, BB guns were all over the place in my sure. house. We had them, you know, my dad had all the, the, anything with powder was locked, you know, in his little thing. So sure. The 22s, the, the odd sixes, all the stuff was, you know, secured. I had the BB gun. I could sure. do whatever I want with that. So we were in, sitting in my room playing with a friend of mine. I don't know what made me think I could do this, but I had a milk carton in the room. Okay. You know, like the old plastic mm-hmm. milk cartons right sure like the tote that holds like five or whatever so and it has that like checkered outside to it yeah i got one in my garage right now right so i had this brilliant idea that i was going to shoot through it because i'm that good of a shot at 12 <laughs> man that thing will ricochet like a son of a gun and that thing bounced off that milk carton came right back and caught me in the cheek <laughs> <laughs> I have had them catch me in the cheek because like I said we shot them in the yeah. inside. We always had our glasses on, and I'll tell yeah. you, no, there were no glasses, and it was high cheek, like right in, you know, like <laughs> right, right off the, the, yeah. the zygomatic there. Yeah. Oh man. So, what'd you do to your face? Hit myself on the door. <laughs> it was one, of, I think one of those. <laughs> the one that mm. I couldn't hide from him so well is I. Uh, we had a was it croquet ball, mm-hmm. a hard plastic mm-hmm. croquet ball. Yep. We were shooting off our porch out into the woods, and you know we had little green army men set up all over the place, and that was like the game is sure get the little green army dude take out the army dudes right. I for some reason thought I could shoot that that uh, croquet ball, loaded in a pellet because you know I had to up it for these long shots. Mm-hmm. You know you couldn't miss, so threw a pellet in, bounced it off this croquet ball, and it ricocheted perfect for ninety degrees. Yeah, and. Took out the back window of my dad's truck topper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no getting around that one, buddy. Yeah, Yeah, that one was. Yeah, that was. I don't think I had my my BB gun for a while after that one. So, (laughs) so sighting in. We were all off topic on there. Yeah, God. Yeah, so I just I literally yeah ten twenty two. Grabbed the red dot that I had. Um, I think it was on there at one point in time, but it was in the in the box of spare weapons, parts, and mm. stuff that I have. So this is like a oh, Walmart Walmart brand. Yeah, twenty dollar, maybe. I mean, I've had it for a few years. I might have gotten it for fifteen. I want to say it's the same one I have on my on something. Yeah, one it's, of my it's, it's it's the cheapest. Yeah, most rot gut thing you can think of that. You know, you move it one click, it doesn't do anything, so you move it five, and then it moves it ten feet over. Yeah. Yeah, that's that one. Yeah. Anyways, um, so, yeah, I just literally threw it on that morning, knowing that we were going to go to the range, because I was like, well, hey, we're going to go to the range this afternoon. I was like, uh, the kids, I was like, going, this should make it easier for them. At least it gets it in the ballpark. And so I just kind of ballparked it real quick, and that's when I was shooting. So I did yeah. not, like, formally, like, actually, like, break it down, sight it in, put it on them, you know, really dial it to the numbers. Yeah. Because when I dial it in, I want to, you know, get start, you know, honing it in a lot tighter. And a ten twenty two should be able to at twenty five yards, keep it in a quarter, without any effort. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. like, like that should be doable with that firearm. I can almost do that open sights. Right, but what I'm saying is, I mean, whether it be a scope or whether it be no, I can't do that open sights. Right. Say. But my point is, it should yeah. be it, it's quarter and it's not quarter accurate yet. And yeah. it, it's just there's not quite, not quite happy. So, but anyways, we we're having fun shooting glaze. Doing all kinds of stuff. That's one of the best little just a box of clays for like a hundred clays is eight bucks. Well, and you know a box of ammo was a five hundred twenty-five am uh, rounds for what ten dollars, fifteen dollars. Dude, I'd go up on that though, man. That ammo sucked. Oh yeah, well I'm not arguing that. Why do you think I brought it to the range? Like every what was that? Uh, probably fifty rounds. We no, had. what what ammo was it? Oh, it was Winchester. Just cheap, crappy Winchester. It's huh? a crappy Winchester that comes like the bulk like box that you buy Dude. 525 rounds i'm going to cc i mean i have ccis i've never had a problem out of those yeah so i'm going to just go the thunderbolts i've never had yeah issue thunderbolts with. ccis either yep. way they're just a little bit hotter i think yeah. the i think the other problem is is that as the ruger as it uh gets a little gummy because who cleans their ruger 1022 like they should 
Touche. Um, that it needs a little bit hotter to cycle properly. And I think that's yeah. what we were both running into. It's our Man, mine was like, it was every other shot almost. Well, At some points it was fire. I got some gu- gun scrubber downstairs if you need to borrow it. Oh, I got it. I uh, just need to actually use it. Well, yeah, that and need to clean the garage out to have a great place to, to, to not be yelled at by the wife while I'm using the table. Overrated, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. That's one thing I do not like about this house, although I have to admit, is having the garage right off of my kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's for the most part, it's okay, but like I welded tonight, and she'll come home from Big Gun and go, yeah, it still smells in here. Yep. Yep. Well. But anyways, yeah, no, I'm thinking really hard. We need to uh, make some like clay pigeon holders, like what you showed on the, you know, it's essentially. Yeah, so it's, that, I was looking at it. So there's a couple of them that I saw. There was some that were real easy to make. They're wood. Yeah. And all it is is you just have, you know, uh, essentially a plywood sheet, and then you run one-bys that are just elevated. You know, just take a little one-by, make an right. L channel in it, and screw that to it so it comes down in a V just to the size where a clay pigeon won't fall through it. Right. So as you shoot that one, the next one comes into place. Right. Problem is you're not going to necessarily do great at – Hitting that clay. Hitting that clay. You're going to hit the one above it. You're going to hit the one. The other the problem. That I, the other problem that I run into is that it's a big piece of plywood to walk around with. I mean, oh yeah. No, it was know. like like that's a. It, it's it's a back of your cheap, truck, but eh. but like, like there's ones that you know you can build like like the the bottom falls out to where it's fine, but like it's metal. It's yeah. like C channel almost. Yeah. I'm willing to bet we can probably go to the metal shop find some C channel. Yeah. And then that was just painted C channel, and if we used even. A eighth inch, a twenty-two shouldn't go through that. Yeah, and quite frankly, we my brother gave me a welder that we need to play with. So that is true. We have a lot of welding to do. Yeah, a lot of well, yeah. But I think the other option I saw for that is doing uh, essentially like a, a dueling tree, mm-hmm. where you have them just sitting mm-hmm. straight up and down. Only downside of that is it's again size. Oh, it's uh, the same size what you have. It's just each clay is locked in. Yeah, true. So they don't come True. down and fall down. You just have to shoot. You can't just pick one spot and shoot. You have to move your sight target every time you shoot. Yeah. Well, see, but we, yeah. There's all kinds of games we could play with yeah. this. Lots of fun. Yep. But, yeah. The benefit of that is if you're doing something like that with the breakable targets in it, you don't have to get it. So at the range at the Birchwood, anytime you bring steel targets down, you have to have it inspected by Birchwood to make sure that they're safe enough for their regulations. Right. That is not shooting the steel. It's shooting the target. So you can make whatever you want. Right. I would still have them inspected just out of respect to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. But it's not a steel target. Right. No, it's not. And they, so. they're going to they're gonna authorize it real fast. Yeah. yeah. But still, just to, get, just to go yeah. through the process, sometimes it's good, you know? Yep. And then there's no questions from the range masters and the range guys. Yes, you're legit. You know what I mean? It just yep. kind of ups your game with them and they leave you alone a little bit more. Yeah. Very true. But uh, we need to get out, just generally speaking, now that we we need to get out to the range. We did today. Um, I bought that. So, kind of backing up, reloading. My dad loves to head load, right? Yeah. So, my buddy at work, her boyfriend, said, hey, I've got this old uh, reloader. It's in my, it's this progressive, big red thing. I've never even really put it up. Yeah. Um, you want it. Yeah, you had that for on the cheap, didn't you? Yeah, it was like 200 bucks. <laughs> With dies for a 300 Ultra Mag and a 375 something else that he shoots. And that's why I told him I'd give him some rounds. He gave me a whole bunch of brass, too, which I don't shoot any of those rounds. But just reload them for him. Here you re- go. But I'll reload them and say, here yeah. you go. I mean, you know, fair enough. I mean, yep. Steve's a good guy, and I actually like him, so I'll be fair with the dude. But um, anyway, so he said, my ex got it for me, and I'm just really not interested. Like, you want it? And I was like, yes, please. So dad set it up today um, down on the bench. So we can do, I got the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, plates coming in uh, for the 40 and for the 45. Does pistols better than does rifles just well, because the amount of pressure. Well, yeah. it's a progressive reloader. So yeah. Hornaday, uh, the, the lock and load thing. My brother's yep. got one. They work really well. You can crank on a lot of ammo very cheap. Yeah. So we need to do, so because we have all this stuff we now. We need to test our ammo. We got to test our ammo and that requires, I mean, we have to force ourselves to do another range day. <laughs> right. Sadly, though, that statement is sometimes very true. Mm. We were talking about the beginning of this, like, you know, life got in the way. We haven't been yeah. here in a while. And, yeah. man, it, well, and fortunately, it's... because the range 
you know, if you're not a member, it does, it's, it's not cheap. It doesn't take a lot of days to go out there with your kid to mm-hmm. make up for it. But well, still, if you're eight times, if you go out eight times, so if you say, if you say I'm going to go out once every six weeks, yeah, you've paid for it. And in reality, if you're going out hunting, you probably should go down at least that much. Oh, I, I'm not disagreeing, but still, there's a lot, like you have a lot of people that don't go that many times. Right, it's true. And even for me, I haven't, I probably haven't been that many times. Right. I think in the summer I went a lot more just because it was ridiculously gorgeous, but. Yeah, well, that, and that also helps too. I mean, when it's 15 degrees outside and there's a foot of snow on the ground, I'm not as wild about standing out there. You know, it's really not bad. Well, it's not, but I'm just especially with it's those a, it's covered. The, it's the mental piece. You know what I mean? Like, you go, oh, hey, it's ridiculously nice, and it's you know, it's late in the evening, and it's 65 that, degrees outside. That's the benefit is you can go late in the evening. You can go at like seven o'clock. It's still light out. Right. The range is open. Right. Exactly. You know, but, it's like, but, okay, let's do this. Right. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Foot of snow, fifteen degrees. Like mentally, you just kind of go. Uh. Oh, I don't have any issues with that. Well, I mean, it's, it's more the point of because I because I go like this. I go, well, I can reload. I've got the car to work on. I've got the fly tying. I mean, so I'm trying to set up for next season, right? So true. I would almost talk myself out, going, "Well, I'll do something else," oh. rather than just saying, "You know what I mean?" Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't enjoy it, but just like it's like I can do something else here at the house, and that I know mm. I have to get done. But what I'm doing better about now that I'm working on. A, what I would call a more normal shift rather than being a traditional nurse with the 12 hours and yeah, yeah. working crazy. Um, working the 7 to 3.30s. I'm coming home, working out in the evenings. Not helping with the gut, but supposedly it's helped me out. At least the wife claims, you know, I look better. She's probably just trying to boost my ego, but well, that's all another you know, topic. Take it. Yes. It's like a stalker <laughs> at my age. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Anyways, uh, so we're, um, you know, I'm doing more projects in the evenings, doing those things. So, like, just kind of utilizing that time. Like, last yeah. night... I built the half of my boat cover because I want to be able to work on the boat this winter. Yeah. I built some, like, racks. Not like, well, It's like almost like a wall. Yeah. A cheesy wall to kind of keep the tarp off. Yep. And built it with my son last night in the garage. Yeah, it's, it took me a little longer with the kid. But, you know, on the same token, it was good fun. And mm. rather than doing it on Sunday or Saturday. True. I got Absolutely. used to Friday night rather than doing what? Watching reruns of, not that Steve's bad with Meat Eater, but, well, I mean... Do I really need to watch the meat eater again? Or do something productive. Or I do get something, you. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, not that Steve's bad, but, or Mythbusters or. Whatever else. Yeah. I get you, but I don't know. Going out there to the range, even in the wintertime. Um, it's still be fun. Well, I'm covered with, range. Yeah. So they're covered and they have the heaters in there. They didn't have the heaters last time I was out there. It's been a bit better. So the ad, adding of those heaters mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah, because last time I was out there, the heaters weren't there. And you're just freezing, and you're shivering, and you're yeah. like, well, this is dumb. My hands are cold. My butt's cold. My feet are cold. Shoot for 10 minutes, and I'm done. You put those heaters on there, that, that chill that you get is gone, and you're just nice, nice and comfortable. You're shooting. It's fantastic. <coughs> you don't have to worry about any of that crap. It's amazing. Perfect. Well, we also do some clay pigeon work because uh, the ducks humiliated us this year. Uh, yeah, well. Just in general because it's clay pigeons, and it's fun. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic that we'll go into, the horrible ducks. <laughs> but one thing I was, you know, thought about earlier when we were talking, you know, as far as shooting is I grew up thinking and kind of in the time frame and the thought of um not time frame, the the, the instruction from my, my dad <laughs> that if you're gonna be shooting at something, it needs to be about hundred and hundred and fifty yards. That's a safe shot. And if you can't get inside of that on something, you probably shouldn't be pulling the trigger. Yeah, I can understand that. Because I, I would say my dad probably had the very similar mentality until he really got into hand loading and distance shooting. Yeah. Um, but initially, yeah, absolutely. So that's something. And I don't know how much of that was like, okay, you're a you know 12-year-old, 15-year-old boy. You don't have the skill to go out and punch something at three, 400 yards. Or is it also just the fact that you know, uh, when you're young and you're more cavalier, um, remember too yeah. when they were growing up. I mean, they were part of that. Uh, you know, the hippie generation, so to speak. Yeah, maybe. Well, the baby boomers. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the hippie generation, right? Yeah. Um, you know, scopes were not as ubiquitous as they are now. True. Um, they weren't. I mean, quality glass. Like if you go down to Walmart and you buy a cheap scope, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. probably better than. I mean, unless you spent real money way back, like that cheesy scope we talk about yeah it's true is probably better than what they had that three by nine you know what i mean so yeah 
I part of me kind of goes, right. is it part of it is just like, like we talk about like, like I think back to like in my own childhood, like where I did some sketchy, sketchy things in an old Chevy four wheel drive pickup. <laughs> I won't name numbers or anything like that, but you didn't pass the old Ford. I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> you know, four wheel drive pickup yeah. rolled down the road way too fast. <laughs> but, um, you know, but that scary old worn out, clapped out old pickup. And I kind of go, oh my God, I mean. But then I jump into my 2016 Tacoma, and I would think I think nothing of doing 75 in that. Yeah. But an old Chevy or like the old you know Mustang back in the day, you know they didn't have disc brakes; it was manual. Yeah. You know manual everything. They had drum brakes all the way around. They were sketchy as all get out. Yeah. And so I just kind of go: Is part of it just the limitation of the technology of the day, or also too the other thing is is that how many times have we and I have seen it and I've walked up on those sites where. The guy has taken a sketchy shot and he got shot an animal or, you know, took a job. See, jaw. that's kind of where I'm thinking, where I thought, you know, right. most of where it came from, from my dad's side of it is you mm-hmm. don't want to take a bad shot on the animal. Not you can't see it, not you, right. you know, if you can't make that good, clean, ethical shot inside of that 100 to 150 yards, you need to try and get closer to make a good, clean, ethical shot on the animal. Well, and the other thing that's, is too, I was say most guys that I've seen aren't as serious about shooting as most of us are. Like True. you and me, like we're fairly serious about our yeah. shooting. Uh, Dad is now far more serious about our shooting than he ever was before. Yeah. But I remember hearing guys, you know, lower forty-eight. If you ah, if you hit a pie plate at a hundred yards, you're good. Not hundred percent disagreeing that with that. But um, but you see my point. If you're the other side, like you know, I think about my dad when we went, we'd go to the range maybe a couple times. A year. Yeah. Sight your rifle in with a box of shells beforehand and go. Not even a box of shells. Yeah. Like, take two shots. Oh, okay. I can still hit a pie plate. We're good. Put it away. Right. You know, and that was maybe once. And that rifle's good to go for the year. It's not minute of angle. It's minute of moose. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so, that's something that I want to get better at is my long distance shooting and being more comfortable at that three plus. Well, I was going to say, like a buddy of mine at work. You know, I'm thinking, I was talking to him about, you know, possibility of doing like my own walk-in solo sheep hunter, you know, with anybody else who wants to come along. But, yeah. you know, I said, what is it like? Because he does solo sheep hunts and solo goat hunts. I yeah. said, so what's it like? And he kind of, you know, laid it out, kind of some basics, gave me some, you know, basic pointers. For sure. Kind of what I expected. And he told me, he says, yeah, 600, 600 yards, you yeah, no problem. And didn't blink. And I'm like going, dude, I mean, I consider myself a pretty good shot, like, I did some, I mean, I did some crazy stuff in the service with yeah. a service rifle. I mean, standard issue stuff. Yeah. But it was all at targets and, you know, if I missed, like, whatever. But, right. you know, I just kind of go, 600 yards, that's a hell of a pull. Like, you have to know your drop. You have to know that, you know what I mean? You have to play everything just right. And I'm just kind of going, I don't know that I'm that comfortable. I don't right. know that I ever will be. But I kind of go, Three, 300? Well, yeah, I could do that. I could pull that. 300, I would be, Okay. Yeah. There we go. Let's let's get to the 300 where you're... Well, that's good. What we should do, Brandon... I'm serious. What we should do is let's take your... You have a 270, right? Uh, among others, yeah. Yeah. Let's take whatever rifle you really want to use to get long with. Oh, yeah. My 270 is probably my... It's going to be the right, I main think, hunter. I, I, say, I think I have dies for it. If not, we can pick Start up some dies. Start making some loads for we'll it. We'll make some loads for but, it. But what we should do is we should go out to the range, get good at 300, then maybe let's spring. Let's plan on a... So let's go out to uh, Talkeetna. Oh, yeah. Because they we'll got the six. The so yeah. Six or is it eight? I want to say it's eight. I think it's 800. Yeah, I want to say it's eight. If we can go out to 800 on a steel target, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. But here's the, so the other aspect of this, if we're not just talking about shooting, because there's a difference between, okay, I can hit a steel target at 800 yards. But I'd be really comfortable at four, I'm here to tell you. True. <laughs> but if you're if you're shooting something in that distance... Steel target's one thing. Steel target mm. isn't moving. Well, and it's not a live animal that, ooh, 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 that's a trophy. Or, ooh, 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 that's but even for, even you if know. you get your, okay, you're calm. You're used to, you're, you're, I'm okay with calm. I'm good. I'm sitting down. I'm hunkered down. I got a good rest. Everything's working out. But what's the distance? And this is something that I'm not 100% sure on. Where's the distance that that slight movement in that animal that can happen at any second is going to cause you to miss because that animal moved. Uh, I remember dad talking about this. You can cover a thousand yards in under like two seconds or under a second. 
It's, I mean, it's not very long to get out there. What your bigger problem is is any little gust of wind or yep. if you miscalculate. So say you, I mean, because, so you go 300 yards, right? So if you shoot inch over at 100, 150, you can go out to 300 and totally misjudge the distance under 300 and you're in the boiler house. Like yeah. your difference between, you know, at 200 yards is less, you know, two inch drop kind of thing. Yeah. But after 300 yards, your, your distance of your drop start adding up to, oh, it's a foot. Yeah. It's two feet after that or right. three feet you know it starts to really and it starts it's a parabolic kind of thing so it yeah. really starts going out there so if you misjudge it at all it becomes a lot more like bow hunting in the sense that like if you take a bow shot at 40 yards and it was really 80 um you're you're hosed you know what yeah. I mean? like your arrow doesn't even make it yep same kind of thing goes on only it's you start getting out there if it's a 600 yard shot and you don't have it dialed in for 600 yards i mean you got to know how many so it, i mean if you know that 100 yards it's dead on and at Almost like a Leopold, like they have those yep, little bullet compensator kind of things. Yeah. You'd almost have to have one of those or know the number of clicks. Like, okay, one, two, yeah. three, four, and just know the number of clicks to click up. Even if it takes, so you say it takes a second, that's a, a animal moves a lot in that amount of time. Well, okay, but, well, actually, would it take a second? Because it, cause, you know, if you're traveling, if you say a, thou, a thousand yards, right? Say so you take a thousand yard shot, easy math, I'm a nurse. Yeah. Okay, so I, I do easy math. So a thousand yards, that's 3,000 feet. So if the bullet leaves the muzzle at 3,200 feet per second, it's, it's a second. So, you know, 500 yards, it's a half second. So, one 1,000. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Can, can an animal move in that amount of time to cause... In theory, yes. The Yeah, and what is the percentage of chance that that's going to happen? I guess it depends on the animal you're shooting. And how it's what's going on. Yeah. I'm more worried about, like, a gust of wind between you and me that I don't calculate. Or yeah. Even, you know what I mean? So, so there's like, all these things that are going to play into it of like, okay, if I'm in a dead still calm and I have a stationary target, you talk about military guys and snipers that are taking these long shots on something. Well, and even man, if you sure. miss the center mass and you blow an arm off, you've effectively eliminated the target. Right. Well, and like even Jory, uh, when he was commenting, we were doing that range day, he was commenting yeah. about how they, all, they have emojis in their little shot books. You know, is there a smiley face or an upside, you know, frowny face? Yeah. From your emotions that play into it. You know, you just had a big fight with a wife. Does she really yeah. want you to be out there? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Or your kid's sick, or you got a little st- stomach bug and I'm a little farty today, yep. and, or, you know, whatever, I'm a little hungry. All those things play into or it. Or I'm having a great day, wife's happy, wife's doing her thing, kids are in a great spot in school, and I'm just relaxing, and it's a great day in the mountains and yeah. sending it. You yeah. know what I mean? Two totally different shots. Yep. Same situation otherwise, but mentally in your own mind, yeah. the change is just huge. So when you're talking about efficacy of your shot, mm-hmm. and you're talking about all these things coming into play on whether you're hitting an animal that's gut shot, and if you're talking 500 yards away, and you gut shot a moose, well, let's go with caribou. Let's say caribou. Yeah, I mean, moose is... You're way off. Yeah, I mean, you got to. That's a barn door sitting out there, really. True, but, but even can, so, let's just choose a caribou. Let's say you gut shot that caribou, right? Because like herd turns and goes, because miles. Yeah, it could be a mile. I mean, or you know, take the sheep hunt. You know, it decides to go over a ridge. Well, it takes you three days to get on the other side of that ridge, just because of picking around the mountains. And now it's rolled down into a ravine and a crevasse somewhere that you're not necessarily going to see. Can you even? Can you even track it? Yeah. Yeah. There's all these things that go through my mind when you start pushing past, you know, three to 400 yards mm-hmm. of, is it really worth me taking this shot? I mean, for me, I just kind of go, no, it's not because of the chance of missing and just the, I mean, wanton waste is a big deal in Alaska, but to me personally, I can yeah. care less about the law Yeah, because I mean, I could take the ticket and write the fine and kind of like whatever. My psyche is more important. Yeah. And I would have a huge problem with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Because Other, I, mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Not that I want to find. Not that I want the troopers <laughs> like, at my door. I, I like the troopers, I, I, but I, don't. I do want to keep my hunting rights for five years. Right, exactly. <laughs> but my point is, is that I don't want to. You're going to beat yourself up more okay. than the yeah. law is going to beat you up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just it really it fries me. I can, yeah. I I don't like that shooting. I don't like that long distance on. Now, no, not on live targets. Yeah. On, on at the range is totally different. The range, have fun. I'm with you. I'll, I'll blast shells at 800 yards just to have fun. So we were out. We did the circle hunt. So circle Alaska. It's yeah. about ah, oh jeez, it's hour from Fairbanks. I mean, hour and a half, depending on the road conditions and all this stuff. And 
So I heard 45 minutes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I would go with the longer route because you're yeah. driving in. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was dark. It was, you don't know the roads. It was, it was an interesting drive, but uh, me and my friend Mark were up there and man, we're just, as we're driving in, it's about four thirty at night and in Alaska in middle of December, it's dark as all get out. Especially in Fairbanks. Yeah. I think it was and, dark about there about 3.30. Yeah. And we're seeing cars and, you know, trucks coming past us with, you know, caribou, 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 caribou. I mean, there's tons of caribou being taken up there. So we're just kind of having that, like, heart sink of, like, oh, did we miss them? Because, mm-hmm. man, they, they go from one spot to another and they're just gone. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, it doesn't take them long to decide, all right, we're moving. So we're kind of kicking ourselves and we're, we kind of missed, missed out on it kind of frustrated and we get up in there and we start we get to the local roadhouse and we're talking to people and they're like oh yeah man just go down the road and you're gonna find a little spot there's this little place up here in this little knoll it's really great to just camp there basically just drive along and wait till you see people parked and that's pretty much where you know the animals are so we found this little little spot one of these guys old you know local guys was talking about camped in the truck which was fantastic let me tell you at 25 below sleeping in a truck you don't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> I thought I'd make a man out of you. Well, there was no <laughs> place to lay down. <laughs> They're just, you know, front seating it, you know. So you kind of suburbs are your, handy for this. Yeah, you just kind of tuck your bag in around you and lay in the seat back as far as you can, and kind of doze off a little bit and wake up when you're cold and start the truck and get the heat up again, and then turn the truck off so you don't asphyxiate yourself and tuck your bag in and sleep till you're cold again and sounds almost as much fun as sleeping in the Yukon in July but anyway similar except for some mosquitoes are trying to pack you off through the window well in July it's like sleep till you're too hot and then all the windows down well that's just it yeah so yeah. The, and then the mosquitoes try and pack you off as yep. you're trying to sleep through the blazing sun between you know you have like quote unquote dark from like about 11 till about 11 15 <laughs> <laughs> it's not dark in July it just, it just doesn't get dark no, it really doesn't. No. I mean, it was, it was twilight. It was twilight for yeah. a couple hours, yeah, and then the sun's just, back up. Yeah, we were up at 5 o'clock so on the road. Anyways, we get up yeah. there, and we we start seeing guys pulling into where we're parked, and we start talking to a couple of them. They're like, yeah, we were here yesterday, and there's a ton of animals taken. and you know They're all over the place. Man, you just got to sit here and wait, and they'll walk right in front of you, man. It's just crazy. Throw our packs on, and we kind of hike down this little... We're, we're basically overlooking a giant valley. We get up on sure. this plateau, and it's just, just mountains on the... All in front of us in this giant valley. We're probably probably a good three to four hundred foot drop down to the valley floor. Just you know, and uh, we're hike out along this valley and just find a spot to sit. And pretty soon we see these animals come running up the valley, and it's just moving up. And they go up over the mountain, peek it, and disappear. And all of a sudden we hear pow, 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 pow. Here they come running back down over the mountain, right back down into this valley, and. We kind of decided, okay, we need to take our turn. So, speaking of range issues, I had borrowed a rifle because the rifle I had at the time was a pre-64 Winchester Model 70. Mm. Didn't really want to take this out and get it beat up. I can't understand why not. Right? <laughs> so, I had borrowed a rifle from my brother. Okay. Now, my brother's ex-military, and I asked him, hey, dude, is this sighted in? Because we had been to the range not too long before that. Okay. Him and I. And he, hey, is this rifle sighted? And he's like, "Yep, it's it's right on." I forget what he said. He, yeah, it's nuts, right? Yeah, Dead nuts. And I think he said it's whatever. Right. And uh, like, all right, cool. I didn't go shoot it. <laughs> yeah, classic. Right. So that was mistake number one. So throw the four rounds in my, you know, three or four rounds mm-hmm. in, the, in the chamber on it, and or in the mag on it, and. Off we go. I forget what he has. I think it was a Remington. It was a 700. Right. Same so, thing I got. Yeah. So chuck a couple rounds in it, and we strike off, and I throw, like, you know, a handful of rounds in my, my pocket, my, you know, the, the cargo pocket. pocket. Right. And uh, take off, and we're looking at this, and I'm looking at this shot, and, you know, you always ask, you know, what's your effective range? Mm-hmm. It's as comfortable as you are with your shot. Absolutely. Right. If you're not comfortable with it, you're past your effective range. Right. Doesn't matter what the gun can do, right? And I'm looking at this, going, "Man, I don't know. That's a that feels like a long ways to me. This little teeny caribou, and they're moving kind of a little bit away from us. Okay. Like, Man, you know, we don't want these things to just disappear, get over the mountain, and be gone. And now you're getting nervous. Now we're getting a little nervous. And I look at my buddy. I'm like, Mark, what do you think? He's like, Yeah, I got it. 
so Mark had brought with him a, I forget what year he said it was, but it's a Swedish Mauser. Okay. Nice weapon. Nice weapon. Open sight. Okay. Right? And Mark was kind of like, I don't know. And I'm like, here, take mine. It's 300 win mag. You should be able to punch out and hit that thing at almost any distance, right? Mark's like, I got this. So he lines in, lines up on this thing. Pow! Nothing. Or is our friends in the, the Latvian area. Blouch! Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we hear nothing. Lines up and racks the next one. Pow! Nothing. Racks the next one. Pow! And he looks at me, he's like, give me more shells. So I reach my pocket. And there's nothing in my pocket. <laughs> They'd fallen out. They, they had fallen out of my pocket between rolling around in the snow trying to find it. And I'm just I'm like, Mark, I got nothing. So he's like, all right. So he grabs his Mauser, and he sits and lines up on this thing. And he's thinking they're in the two to 300-yard range. Okay. So so fires one. Nothing. He's like, you know what? And he racks that thing up, his you know the little slide scale on that thing. Pow. Second shot. You see that just impact and blood spray come off the neck, just poof, all over the white hillside behind right. you. Which is a great effect that bright red has on Fresh oh my stone. gosh, and this thing rears up and does this little <coughs> dance around and down it goes. And you hear the guys across the way, holy F, he got it! <laughs> oh. So, uh, <laughs> we uh, we did the math on this, and this was a 450-yard shot. Nice. Open sight. I got one for you that you're going to laugh at. Alright. So, we're deer hunting back okay. home. Cooch Mountain in the <laughs> It's really I'm sorry. I <laughs> K U T C H Mountain Cooch is what we always called the Cooch. Anyways, um you can go find it. It's outside McMinnville, Oregon, or Mac if you're a local. All right. So we're outside Mac and we're up on this uh clear cut. It's yep. probably now the trees are probably now fifteen feet tall there, twenty feet tall, probably can't hunt it anymore. But anyways, it's uh, it was it was blocked off because there's like a little landslide. So you we just kinda backed our pickup in there and kinda claimed the spot and then we walked out on this clear cut and so my dad, my brother, and I. So dad bought us all three to win mags, Remington model BDLs, you know, seven hundred BDLs. Right. And um, so, anyways, we told my my brother kind of wandered over to the right of us, and uh, again, effective range. This is one of those things. Chip shot, hundred, hundred twenty five yards. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's one hundred fifty. I mean, chip shot. I had open sights at the time. Yeah. Not a big deal. I'd been shooting the rifle, sighted in. Yeah. It was all comfortable. You knew it was good. Yeah. And we had we had uh, both buck and doe tags in our pockets, so we called them the fur tag. Okay. So we're on Cooch Mountain with the fur tag. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so these does are down below us, and I'm like, "Fuck, there's animals. Shoot this, shoot them." Yeah. One, two, three, ba woomba. So we start shooting, and they start. And the way it was working is like it went down. And then, like, the mountain kind of went back up on the clear cut. Okay. And there was trees on one side, and then it went, like, way, and, like it, it fell off real steep. And they kind of started circling, so because of the way the rifle shots were echoing. So they had no idea where it was coming from. And so they kind of like, they circled down in this little drainage right below Trying us. to figure oh. out which way to go. We're safe. And so we shoot, and I unload my bolt. Three shots. Reload. Unload my bolt. Dad does the exact same thing. <laughs> so now we've shot six. And they're Each. just spinning. They're just spinning down there. Yep. And that's when Dad goes, "Oh, duh!" Because the downward facing trajectory, it will tend to shoot over their back. Aim low. <laughs> yeah, we aimed quite low and caught them in the spine, and they both we both dropped one right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how many rounds for two deer? Fourteen. Nice. But right we got on. our deer, and you know, for all their running around, you would think they'd be the gamiest, nastiest tasting, whatever. Nah, yeah, you can't tell. At least I didn't tell when I ate that thing. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Same mountain. Had, uh, same mountain year later. Yeah. You know, the speaking of effective range, you go kind of down the switchback. So yep. you walk the switchback. So if you can imagine log truck switchbacking, that's yeah. how steep this thing is. Yeah. We're out there, and my brother, again, we're trying to get him on a shot. Over to the right, it was kind of a more, we just seen more animals over to the right. There's always been animals over there. We're like, Dan, just take it to the right. Trying to get him on a deer. Yeah. He's, he's three years younger than I am. And Dad and I'll go to the right. Yeah. Or to the left. And so Dad sees this little dorky forky out there, and he goes, I'll bet you I can hit that thing. 
and he racks up, takes one shot, pops this thing like right below the neck, catches it perfect right on the vertebrae. The thing does a straight out of like Bugs Bunny, all four legs straight out, like 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 locked in straight. Spined it. it spined it like that. Yep. Just, it just and it started going doo, 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 down the hill, halfway down this freaking hill, and it was so <laughs> steep. Oh my god, we worked three hours to get that one deer out, <laughs> uh, all on Cooch Mountain. Uh so <laughs> you got a history with the Cooch, huh? Yeah, you got a history with the Cooch. <laughs> so you're talking about you know speaking of. But I mean, effective spinning, but effective range. Oh. I mean, you know, what I mean, so I mean, just yeah. like he knew he could hit it, and one shot, one kill. You yeah. know what I mean? So yep. That's what it should be. So, but yeah. So, anyways, you spin so, animals. Animals doing the run. Um, at a, a friend on uh, who's on Adak, Alaska, which is that little island way out in the Lucian Chain, right? They went out hunting. Yeah, you fly and to Seattle or fly to Adak. Essentially, the same amount of miles. I'd rather yeah. fly to Adak. But anyways, we digress. Truth. So they're out there hunting, and we went out there. So you know, the train is just—you think it's just little, you know, little island. It's not a lot to it. No, this thing is just, just it's, it's mountains that rose up out of the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And uh, you know, you're hiking over these just you know big old peaks and big old valleys, and then cross a river and up another, and you're just holy crap! It's just it's it's gnarly. So they get out of the, in there somewhere, and uh, they see a a herd, and this is. I think 10 animals each per day out there because these are considered in you know non-native no, it's, it's invasive. An invasive species technically so it is you know if you can get out there and you find them you shoot as many of them as you can because this is there's no predators these things grow like crazy and they just nice grass fed nothing Organic. to hunt them or oh man they're the tastiest thinking things ever and uh they see this herd running and you know, 15 animals or something like that 20 animals mm-hmm and the three of them line up, and, all right, you're ready. One, two, three, bam! So they take, you know, three drop. And this herd turns and runs right towards them. <laughs> so what happened was, is the herd was walking away from, you know, kind of doing that, just, mm. you know, the quartering away walk. And they're, when they fired, the sound bounced off the ridge on the other side, came right back at mm-hmm. them. So they turned and ran right into them. And they unloaded another round and another round, and they dropped all like 15 animals. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Real, real quick while you want to take your weapon to the range. I mean, I got a truth story. You're going to love this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So black powder. Oh boy. Oh yeah. So my wife got me one of those inline muzzleloaders. We've been doing the muzzleloader thing in the, in Washington for a few years just because bow hunting, there's a lot of people out there, but it's really hot. Yeah, um, but we really wanted to do muzzle loading. Had longer seasons, it just worked out better. Yeah, so we're really getting into it. I got, I drew a muzzle loading cow tag. Um, All right, and so my wife decided to get me an inline muzzle loader for Christmas. All right, okay. So the, it's the tri-state legal one, so it's not. It, you can use it in the Midwest, but the ones they use in the Midwest aren't legal because it has to meet certain criteria to, to sure. be in the Oregon, Washington, Idaho area. It's a special. They call them because the, the rules we had. The, it's the, the PSW. Yeah. Um, so the Pacific Northwest model is what, yeah, you said, you said it wrong. Yeah. It's okay. If we don't always do that, Ah, that's all right. But anyways, so literally she hands the weapon to me. I load it up and I walk out into the woods. Sounds right. (laughs) Sounds legit. Right. (laughs) So we're on the cow tag last day of the hunt. Um, December 10th, colder than, I mean, cold. And we had a bad East wind coming off the gorge. So it was probably about 10 degrees which is really cold for that for that area plus yeah. about a 15 mile an hour crosswind like it was cold up on top of the ridge but there was the elk and i was sitting there at probably 50 yards and i aimed for like a solid lung shot on this cow yeah yeah where'd you hit it in the neck right in the vertebrae oh it was a god shot straight up yeah yeah i mean no i mean but she right right where i shot her she dropped right into the ditch right there it was great huh. um but uh yeah so always shoot your weapon. Take the range day. Right. Because, um, yeah, I was know off. Your, know your effective range. Yeah. <laughs> I was off by about a foot behind the left. <laughs> but it worked. Um, but, it, it, I mean, I should have, by all rights, missed that animal. Or wounded it bad enough that it would have been Yeah, exactly. But I didn't off. think that the rifle right out of the box would be that bad. <laughs> That's what I get for thinking. Now, say, now that you say it out loud. <laughs> oh, agreed. I mean, ever since then, I was like going... So we're trying to figure out where I hit it because I mean, as I was getting it out, I realized that I didn't. I said I aimed heart shot like it went down, like yeah. I just hit a high. I was thinking 
high and uh, I had to go back to work and dad was gutting it or not yeah. gutting it but cleaning, uh, cleaning and yeah. then, you know doing the verb he goes no you hit it high in the neck you hit it about you know six vertebrae back which you know is still like solidly in the neck area on an elk yeah and so he's like yeah but you exploded that vertebrae because we use a sabot with a 44 mag slug essentially it's massive so I mean it didn't know it hit it it just died on the spot yeah um uh, but it's um, probably one of the toughest animals, although, because it was an older cow. Yeah. God, was, she was tough. But mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, always take your rifles to the range. I will never take any weapon that I don't take out to the range. I will go undergunned or overgunned to a situation with a gun that I know rather than going with a gun I don't. Truth. Just yep. because of that. I mean, that experience, I mean, just it was so, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would have not thought at 50 yards that... Right, and that's that's not far, and that's a long way off. Yep. So, little adjustment. She's back. She's dialed in now, but I haven't shot it in a while, so now I have to get. Might need to do it. I have to go back to the range. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Yeah, we got to get going. Got to take care of the kids and get them to bed. Get them to bed and all that kind of good stuff. And we should do this more often. I'm telling you. Yeah. We got to quit letting life do life things. And Mm -hmm. until next week, then. All right. Fair enough. We'll see you next week.